Welcome to the Tech Talks Daily Podcast, where you can learn and be inspired by real-world examples of how technology is transforming businesses and reshaping industries in a language everyone can understand. Here is your host, Neil C. Hughes. Welcome back to the Tech Talks Daily Podcast, where every day I try to visit an industry that you might not automatically associate with technology and speak to the people that are helping to change that. For example, when you think of manufacturing, logistics and warehousing, it doesn't scream high tech, does it? But I recently discovered a company called Variable, which is a marketplace for on-demand labour and manufacturing and distribution, which is using technology to provide businesses with higher productivity and fewer admin burdens and workers with flexible work arrangements. So I invited Noah Labhar onto the podcast, and he is a startup founder, CTO, and podcast host. So it's fair to say he spins a few plates and is the wearer of many hats. And he's armed with a passion for solution architecture. And having worked in many lead roles over the last 13 years, he's gained vast experience in software implementation, in everything from web applications to mobile apps, to platform architecture. But the sweet spot for him is creating solutions that impact people's lives and doing so by applying development best practices, methodologies, and building world-class user experiences. There are just a few of many reasons why Noah is the perfect guest for this podcast. So buckle up and hold on tight so I can beam your ears all the way to Texas so we can speak with Noah right now. So a massive warm welcome to the show. Can you tell the listeners a little about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Noah Labhart. I am a uh, CTO and startup founder of a company called Variable. Uh, I've been building software solutions for over 15 years now and varies from uh, you know different startup platforms, mobile applications, enterprise software, things like that. But my sweet spot is building uh, startup solutions. I am a, um, a married man. My, I have a wife, uh, my wife Erin, and three kids and um, live in Texas, in, uh, live in Grapevine, Texas, work in Dallas, Texas. Um, been in Texas my whole life and have been doing software since I got out of school in 2000, 2005. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my faith. I am a uh, a Jesus follower, and that is a big part of my life as well. Fantastic. It's an incredibly cool part of the world, and it's so cool to get you on the podcast today. But for anyone listening and hearing about Variable for the very first time, can you tell me a little bit more about exactly what it is and, and maybe the kind of problems that you're solving for businesses with your technology? Absolutely. So what Variable is, is it's an on-demand marketplace for manufacturing, distribution, supply chain labor. So, you know, what does that mean? Well, the short tagline, you know, everybody has an Uber tagline that's an on-demand company. We're the Uber for the shop floor. So we connect businesses and manufacturing, distribution, industrial workers to discrete work opportunities. So so for businesses, we, we offer the opportunity to enable them 
to achieve flexible capacity. So no more, no more of the days where you have 30 full-time employees and that's it. And you have to make your demand work for you. Um, you can dip into the variable marketplace and ramp up and ramp down your workforce as you're, as you need and truly variableize your labor. That's where, that's where our name comes from. And then from a worker standpoint, you can, you know, put together a string of working opportunities um, put together a full-time schedule, have flexibility of when you work and when you don't, just like if you were an Uber driver or if you were a DoorDasher or an Instacart delivery person, um, you can do the same thing in the manufacturing world. Uh, also, we we pay you daily. So if you work an opportunity, work work opportunity, we give the businesses one day to make adjustments and then you get paid that next day. So you essentially have a rolling paycheck through our platform. Some of the things that we're solving are those flexible capacity problems um, having for businesses having to push orders out into the future because they don't have enough capacity to meet demand. Um, and then we're also providing opportunity to a younger workforce where we're a younger workforce wanting more on-demand type of work, wanting to take control of their schedule, of their opportunities, um, and connecting the two between those things. We have a, a shifting landscape in the manufacturing world. And I've got to ask, though, where did your passion for technology come from? And what's the story behind Variable? Because I, I've, I've got a feeling there's got to be a story there, right? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, there, there's a story <laughs> <laughs> behind everything, I, I, I would guess. But our, our story, so for me personally, technology, I've always enjoyed technology. It's funny, um, you know, I didn't really have a lot of exposure to technology as a kid. We didn't get our first computer, I think, till I was a junior in high school in the States and um, went to school and started, you know, tinkering computer engineering and in mathematics and landed on computer science through uh, a few years of searching and um, just really fell in love with the programming aspect of it. I'm a very creative person. I'm a musician as well. I like to do art. I like to, um, you know, put things together with different materials. So uh, programming just fit. To me, it's kind of like a digital canvas, um, especially when you get into the user interface side. So I, I love building solutions and solving problems, and I love doing that in creative ways, and just software has just enabled me to do that. Um, with Variable, so how we got started, um, you know, I had been doing, uh, I left corporate America, started my own mobile development agency, was doing that for a few years, and I got the bug to do my own startup. Um, you know, I guess an agency could be considered a startup as well, but my own sort of product-focused startup um, but back then I was not the idea guy. I had, I had just like, I, I'm ready to go, but I don't have an idea. I don't, I'll, you know, um, all the ideas that I've been pitched through my customers, I didn't really see myself, you know, jumping in and working on. Um, so I reached out to my good friend, Rylan Barnes, who um, connected me with um, his longtime friend, uh, Mike Kinder, who's my partner today. And he sat down, we sat down, and had lunch um, one day and he pitched to me the idea variable. Um, now, Mike has been uh, in operations and manufacturing operations for his entire career, worked for GE, uh, worked for um, a consulting company, doing operations consulting, worked for PwC as a strategic director, and uh, really knows the operation space, really knows the manufacturing space in and out. And he saw this problem. Um, he saw that manufacturing could not step into the new age of technology, into all these new solutions without first solving the labor problem. And no one was doing that. So he, he set out to try to do that, um, but he needed a technical co-founder. And that's where I came in. Now, looking back on my past as well, I, as a, as a uh, college kid, worked in a manufacturing plant actually on the shop floor, um, packaging insulation at the end of a conveyor belt and driving a forklift and such. So I knew that environment from a worker standpoint. 
And then in the corporate world, when I worked for Alcon Laboratories, I supported manufacturing for four years from a IT management standpoint. So all the systems on the floor. So I understood the rigidity of the budgeting process of the, you know, the cost of goods of all of the systems and all of the kind of like survival of the fittest every day surviving to make sure the orders get out environment of manufacturing. So I, I saw the need for this solution. And as soon as he pitched it to me, I said, you know, I can shoot holes in startup ideas all day and I can't find a hole in this one. Let's do it. What an incredibly cool story. And, and something else that put you guys on my radar was I saw that last year you were listed by Forbes as one of America's best startup employers. But can you tell me more about that? Because it, it must have been an incredibly proud moment. It was for sure. Yeah, we 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 focus a lot on our team culture here. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of times team culture can be associated with, uh, you know, the perks of the office, right? Or the, the benefits you get of being on the team. What we really focus on is bringing people on that want to make a difference and um, bringing people on who work with a minutes and hours mentality. That's a huge saying we have on this team. Um and the third thing I will say, too, is a work-life harmony. Um, you know, you hear the term work-life balance thrown out a lot, but we believe in work-life harmony. Um, and that means if we got a lot of work to do, we're going to work hard and we're going to get it done. If we don't have a lot of work to do, we're going to go spend time with our families. And um, we're going to balance things that way. So we really focus a lot on team culture and making sure you know, that the people come in that work for us are are really keyed into the vision of what we're building, keyed into moving fast, trying things, succeeding, being smart, but also, you know, balancing their life with um, their loved ones, their interests and things like that. I love that. And I'm curious, what lessons did you learn from your experience in, in building uh, an engineering team, especially an engineering team of non-CS grads too? This is one of my most favorite questions, Neil. Um, I, I love, I love the team that I've built. Um, I, I, I would say that I didn't set out to do it this way. It happened to me, and I'm thankful that it did. Um, so I started to build my my team with uh, non CS grads, so, as you mentioned. So people that have non computer science grads, but have gone to say a boot camp or learned some practical programming skills. And what I learned is I started to bring these people into my team. Um, one, they they were hungry to learn. They were hungry to build. They wanted to create something that was theirs. They longed for autonomy. They longed for to to, to come in and and improve themselves. Yes, but but also to create something that was game changing. Um, and that that grittiness, that hungry hunger, um, is very difficult to find in either a fresh CS grad or a, a senior uh, team member that has been been around for a long time. So that combination of I have this new industry, I am a smart professional because I've been around for a while, just not in programming, but I'm excited about programming was just the perfect formula for the type of team that I wanted to wanted to build. So I, I kept doing. It. I partnered with a local um, boot camp here in Dallas called Dev Mountain and started to, you know, really work with them to build my pipeline of, of, of employees. And what I love about them is they have the skills to build software and the skills to um, create things and, and create software that solves problems. But they have a view of the world that is not 
typical of a programmer, if that makes sense. So, you know, I've worked with a lot of programmers who are amazing people who are amazingly smart, but they don't see the world outside of the ones and zeros. They don't see the world outside of what they're programming at the moment. What I love about my team is that they're they're people first and then the programmers or their developers, excuse me, developers second. And uh, they look at our solution from the lenses of our workers and our businesses first and our internal teams, which is sometimes a very difficult thing for a CS grad to do in my experience. So I'm, I'm very proud of the team that, that we've built and the, the work that uh, they're doing. Quite rightly so. And you've also been on an incredible journey, really. You're looking back from leaving the corporate world behind to being an entrepreneur, running an agency to towards a startup. So for any startup founders listening at any stage of their own startup journey, is there any lessons learned that you could share from transitioning from a mobile developer to lead manager, et cetera? Oh, so many so many yeah. <laughs> lessons. Um, I think the ones, there's a handful that come to mind. Um, one that, that immediately comes to mind is to do it and don't wait. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying don't be smart and don't take calculated risks, but, but don't waste your time. There, there's many times where I look back and I, I'm, I'm grateful for the journey that I, for the journey that I'm, I've had, um, but I kind of wish I would have started a little sooner. Um, I kind of wish I would have started uh, doing things um, from a startup standpoint, from a software development standpoint earlier. Um, you know, now I have a family and, and have a startup and I'm leading a, a, a larger team and it's, and it's great. Uh, very thankful, very grateful for that. I also wished I would have done a lot more tinkering earlier on. So my advice would be to, to jump out there and start and get feedback. Um, that's a super important thing. Um, the other thing is, is critical is to surround yourself with people who believe in you and who are going to call you up. Um, it's it's a hard road. Starting your own business and doing a startup too, both are very different and um, they're both difficult. And without the people you know, around you that are calling you up and believing in what you're doing, um, and maybe not even what you're doing because that could change, believing in you and who you are, it, it's a really difficult road. Um, one example that comes to mind when I started my agency, first project out of the gate went south really quickly. Um, and it was a really hard lesson to learn up front. I ended up having to give a lot of money back to the client. Didn't go well. Um, was very discouraging right out of the gate. And I was like, what did I do? Do I, do I need to just go back and get a job? And you know, this was a mistake. Um, but my beautiful, amazing wife, Aaron, just just stood me up and said, "No, this is part of the journey. You're not gonna you're not gonna look back. You're gonna keep looking forward, and you're gonna figure out how to solve the problem moving forward because you can do it. This is a lesson that you're gonna look back on, and you're going to learn from it, and you're gonna have so much value come from it, even though it doesn't feel good right now." So you know, she's been. A, a huge, hugely influential in in my success. Obviously, um, you know she's my best friend in the world, and she really helped me through those hard moments. Um, but surrounding yourself with those those types of people is absolutely critical. I couldn't agree more. And as for technology, have there been any significant tech hurdles that you've had to overcome too along the way? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely a few of those. Um, you know, we we took the opportunity to rewrite our our backend technology. We were using a a framework early on that was based in Node and Mongo, and we um, immediately saw that we weren't going to be able to do as much data analysis, run analytics, and things with a Mongo solution. So we ended up basically creating our own backend um, about a year in. Uh, and launching that, and that was that was very difficult um, to do. It was like taking the foundation off the house and putting another one in while it's still you know on stilts, and it went really well. Um, you know, we had, we had a few hiccups. Uh, we actually changed the payment system at the same time too. Um, had a few hiccups in there, but it it went really well. And then now, where we are now, it's um, it's it was an amazing feat and something that we would not be where we are now if we were still in the old solution. I think the other one that comes to mind is something we're working on right now. It's basically just scaling with, um, with our growth and architecting our platform to grow. Well, we're starting to get into the land of, you know, converting our monolith to microservices and using containers and Kubernetes to expand and grow as we need to basically expand and contract as we, as our activity needs it. Um, which is really exciting and a really fun engineering problem, but it's super huge. Um, and it's, it's very complicated. And uh, my team is, is an absolutely amazing job at learning the technology, applying the technology, and, and we'll continue to, to grow through that, um, that part of it um, as, we, as we scale. Um, and we've got tons of future technology challenges ahead uh, <laughs> as well. I, I can already see um, that we're going to run into, but uh, excited to tackle those when they get here. And I think we're all, we're all glad that to be in 2021 and stop talking about how bad 2020 was. But <laughs> speaking of the excitement and the opportunities ahead, are there any particular tech trends that you think will dominate 2021 or anything that interests you at the moment? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think I have been fascinated with the whole serverless idea um, with AWS Lambda, um, things of that nature. I think that that's going to probably take off for some of the um, smaller solutions. I think it's already already been kind of taking off, um, but I I don't I don't see an application for us yet, um, at least right now. Um, but I think that. That that's been really interesting. Um, I think that from a manufacturing standpoint, so that's my world. So I, I can talk about that from a manufacturing standpoint. I see the the industrial world drifting towards a uh, that digital factory, that industry 4.0 that everybody, the buzzwords everybody talks about, where there's going to be an interconnected set of systems that control manufacturing, and they're going to be cloud based, and they're going to be um, they're going to be horizontally collect, connected and vertically connected with the the supply chain, and it's already starting to happen. Um, it's happening a little bit slower, probably than um, than I would have expected, but it is uh, it is moving in that direction, and I'm excited to see more of that. And what about you? And indeed, variable um, ops is there anything you can uh, tell us about what you're going to be working on this year? I appreciate you probably can't share too much, but is there anything you can? <laughs> <laughs> sure. 
Um, you know, we 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 can share a uh, share a bit. We're always, yeah. you know, the always something that's in our our purview is maintaining a tight core product that is built for operational purposes. Um, we build our our marketplace for on-demand labor specifically for these industrial environments, specifically for operational tools um, to be an operational tool. We are going to be focusing on trying to add in more automation, more integration into some of these manufacturing systems so that you have an end-to-end solution related to your real-time data, your, your sales orders, your, uh, your metrics on the shop floor to your on-demand labor as well. So imagine if you could, you know, put a sales order into your ERP or into your, you know, your enterprise system and it flows into um, the variable system along with labor metrics and it calculates how much full-time labor you are already covered and then how much on-demand labor you need for that week. With our system, then you could automatically post that, um, post those opportunities into our marketplace and then using your labor pool or, or using some sort of autofill technology that we have in our platform, people would automatically be assigned to those, those uh, opportunities and then just show up. So basically the people show up when you need them based on your sales order. So that's sort of the dream um, for us. And we're going to try to make that um, come to life in a more sophisticated way this year, along with continuing to make our platform more robust as we scale across the U.S., and something else I've got to mention before I let you go, you sound great. I've got a good ear for a microphone as a podcaster, a, a decent sounding microphone as a podcaster. So I've got to ask, can you tell me a little bit more about your podcast too? Because before you came on, I did a little bit of research and I noticed you had one. So can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sitting here with my ATR 2100 right now plugged in and um, I, I have used these for a while. So Code Story is my podcast. So where I interview, you know, tech visionaries sort of about their human stories of building world changing technology. Um, you know, you hear um, stories about startup founders and, and how the ups and downs they went through in, in building these successful businesses. Uh, for example, one influential show for me is how I built this with uh, Guy Raz, a fantastic podcast. Love how Guy Raz narrates a story and really you know, asks great questions. And um, what I wanted was something like that for tech uh, to tell me, you know, you know, okay, you're you're a tech person, so your your hammer and nails is the framework to use and the the technology you use. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit, but we'll talk about too, like how you made the decisions you made when you built your MVP. What did you cut out, and why? And you know, how did you deal with those things? And did they you know bite you in the butt later? And how did you how did you scale? And how did you how did you build your team? What did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? Because you know, you, they're bad hires and good hires. Good hires. How did you make sure that they were good hires? And you know, what are you most proud of? And tell me about a mistake you made and how you responded to it. And you know, tell me about the good things, but tell me where you screwed up too. And just really getting into those human stories from the tech side. Uh, you know, with just enough bits and bytes to be interesting from for a purely technical audience, but also interesting from a startup standpoint of how to build these types of sol- solutions. So, um, we're about 92 episodes in. We're starting season four next week um, uh, or early January. And um, yeah, excited to, to continue the conversations, gotten to talk to some amazing people, um, amazing peers in the, in the CTO world. And uh, yeah, it's been really great. I've learned a lot from from all of my guests. I think it's so important to get those human stories behind those journeys in tech and get them out there. And, and hopefully we can all learn 
a thing or two from each other, no matter where we're listening. I, I applaud you for what you're doing there. I will be subscribing along with a few people listening, I suspect. But for anyone listening that would like to find out more information about you online, your podcast, your website, or even just contact a member of your team if they have any questions, what's the best way of doing that? Absolutely. So if you want to learn more about me, my website is noahlabpart.com. If you want to learn more about the podcast, it's codestory.co. And then if you want to learn more about Variable, we're uh, we're at variableops.com. Those are the best places to reach. I'm also on LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to reach out there, that'd be great. Well, I've loved chatting with you today. And also, you've officially been added to my cool guys I'd like to have a, a whiskey and a barbecue with in Texas. So <laughs> hopefully, Excellent. hopefully we'll be able to meet in person one day. But thank you so much for spending a few minutes and sharing your story with me today. Appreciate it very much, Neil. Thank you. What I love about Noah and his story is how he wears so many hats from startup founder, CTO, and podcast host. But I especially love his belief that it is the intersection of the left and right brain. Technology meets creativity. Engineering meets art. And the balance between structure and a free spirit. But what really does it for him is enjoying seeing lives impacted by creative technology and elegant solutions. And that is something that I think that so many people miss. So Noah is my kind of guy on every level. And I, and I do hope to tick the share barbecue and whiskey with Noah in Texas off my bucket list one day. But I cannot thank Noah enough for coming on here and sharing his story and also discussing shift the shifting landscape for on-demand workers, the tech hurdles in everything from monolith to microservices and building a team non-traditionally. And as always, please share your experiences with me too. That's what makes this podcast work. So please email me, techblogwriter outlook.com. Get me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram at Neil C. Hughes. And visit my website, techblogwriter.co.uk, where you'll find over 1,500 podcast interviews and also ways in which you can work with me. Other than that, we've reached the end of another episode, but I've got another guest lined up for you all tomorrow. I cordially invite you to come along and join me in doing it all again. So a big thank you for listening. And until next time, don't be a stranger. Thank you for listening to the Tech Talks Daily Podcast with Neil C. Hughes. Remember, technology works best when it brings people together.